Do you know the word gullible isn't in the dictionary? <laughs> That's a joke we used to tell each other when we were kids. We'd say to someone, do you know the word gullible isn't in the dictionary? They'd be like, really? Uh-huh, gullible. Anyway, why, why did I remember? I haven't thought of that joke in 40 years. Why did I think of it just now? Because in this week's Parsha, Parsha's Kisave, Rashi says we found a word that's actually used twice in this week's portion. In fact, it's used twice in a row, two subsequent verses or two consecutive verses. Uh, the same word is used. And Rashi says it's not in our dictionary. What does that mean in our, in our dictionary? When there are uncommon words, Rashi will tell us what they mean by comparing them to another word found elsewhere in Tanakh where the context is more clear. So this week we have this word um, that's used, as I said, twice in two, two consecutive verses. And Rashi says, we don't find that word anywhere else in, in Scripture. Where, where is it used? Uh, the first verse is, Es Hashem hamarta hayem lelekim. You, Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking to the Jewish people and saying, you, the Jewish people, have chosen Hashem today to be your God. And Hashem has chosen you to be his treasured nation. So we have those two words, the same word really twice, two conjugations of the same word. You have chosen, you, the Jewish people, have chosen God to be your God. And and Hashem has chosen you today to be his treasured nation. So you have you the Jews chose Hashem, Hashem chose you the Jews. You know, there's that old poem, how odd of God to choose the Jews. Not so odd, the Jews chose God. Okay, so that's basically what's going on here. But at any rate, I'm translating it as chose, because how do I know it means chose? Because that's what Rashi says. Um, but listen to what Rashi tells us. He says, you know, with this word, um, we're trying to define it. We're trying to find a place in Scripture where the meaning is more clear. And Rashi says, This word, two different forms of the same word. They don't have a clear proof text anywhere in scripture that would tell us what they mean. Interesting. And Rashi continues and says, however, it appears to me, meaning I'm going to make a guess. I don't have a clear proof, but I'm going to make a guess. That it's a, 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 an expression of separation. That Hashem has separated you, the Jewish people, to be to have a special relationship with him. And you, the Jewish people, have separated Hashem. You have singled out Hashem as your only God, to the exclusion of any other powers in the universe. But then, interesting, after Rashi tells us that, Rashi says, um, lehem aid. But I found a proof text, tiferes, and it's an expression of pride. Now, Rashi just told us he couldn't find a proof text and he had to make an educated guess. Then at the end of that whole thing, he said the educated guess is that means separation or selection or designation, but then, or the establishment of an exclusive relationship or a special relationship. And then after he's finished saying that, he says, oh, but I did find a proof text and it's a Lushen Tiferes, an expression of pride, Kamei, like we find where? In Tehillim uh, Tzadik Dalid in chapter 94 of Psalms. Yisamru, see that word that has the same 
three-letter etymological root, Aleph Memresh, just like Hamarto and Hamircha. Yisamru, has that Aleph Memresh, Yisamru kolpele oven. That those who sin are proud of themselves. David Amalek, King David, is lamenting the fact that there are unrepentant sinners who are proud of their sins. The sinners, those who do sins, are proud. They, they praise themselves for their sins. Yisamru. Okay. Anyways, a couple of questions here. One question is, Rashi starts off and says, oh, I don't have a definition for this word. Uh, I can't find a proof text for it anywhere in scripture, so I'm just going to have to guess. And it means separation. Then after he's finished saying it means separation, he says, oh, by the way, there is a proof text, and it means to be proud, like sinners who are unrepentant and they're proud of their sins. So first of all, what does Rashi bait and switch? He told me first he doesn't have a proof text, then he says he does. Second of all, just, you know, not such a bombshell question, but an innocent question here, I guess. Um, it, it, it seems unfortunate, to say the least, that the only place uh, that, 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 that Rashi could find an expression of Hashem's relationship with the Jewish people um, is where it's in a really negative context. Unrepentant sinners being proud of their sins. Yesamru kol oven, That the sinners are boasting, taking pride in their, their sinfulness. So, just seems, like I said, unfortunate to say the least, or you know, maybe even just kind of funny, that that's, that's the proof text. That's where Rashi finds an example of the meaning of this word. At any rate, to understand all of this, I want to tell you a story. But before I tell you the story, I just want to share a little bit of background with you uh, about a, a Talmudic saying. There's a Talmudic saying that that sins, and the word zdoines doesn't just mean sins, because there are levels of sin. Zdoines means the worst kind of sin. Um, intentional sinfulness. Nasale, they become for him, kezachias, like um, merits. So that means not only are the sins like expunged from the record, erased, forgotten, forgiven. The sins become merits. Now, who says this? This, As I said, this is in the Talmud. So who says this? A particular sage from the Talmud called Reish Lakish. And it's interesting, Reish Lakish is the one who, who tells us this saying, because Reish Lakish was a Baal Teshuvah, a penitent. He was not always a Torah scho a scholar. In fact, he was a bandit. He was the head of a uh, group of thieves, and he actually tried to attack one of the other scholars, Rabbi Yechanan. And how did Rabbi Yechanan thwart off the attack? He said to him, hey, why are you a robber? You know, you have such talent, you have such strength. Don't use it for, for stealing. Use it for Torah study. And if you do, I'll marry you off to my sister. Okay? So that's not the, you know, the normal way to re respond to a robber. Like, hey, let me come study Torah with you and marry you into my family. But that's what Rabbi Yechanan did. And Reish Lakish went on to become a great scholar. In fact, he was uh, on par with Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan brought him into the fold. And, and they, were, they were study partners and they used to argue with each other. And really, Reish Lakish was the only one who was like a formidable uh, study partner for Rabbi Yechanan. They used to find differences all the time and argue with each other. And, and when Reish Lakish passed away, Rabbi Yechanan couldn't find anyone else who could hold his own in, in the study hall to that degree. Um, 
but so it's, in, it's interesting that Resh Lakish, who has this story, he is the Baal Teshuvah, and he tells this, uh, he tells us that Zdainis Nasale Kazachias, that sins become like merits. And, and what does that mean? You know, it's explained in, in Chassidus, especially in, in Tanya, chapter 7, chapter 8, talks about um, how the darkness can actually become light. Not just that the darkness is replaced by light, but darkness can become light. And, 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 and there's no parallel to that in the physical world. The, the darkness can be replaced by light. But here we're talking about the darkness itself, if you could imagine some quantity of darkness itself becoming light. And then you have also the regular light. So you have two kinds of light. The light that was always light and the light that's made out of darkness. And but what is it metaphysically? We can kind of understand it psychologically. When a person sins and he's separated from Hashem and he realizes this is not the way that he wants to be. And because of this, he has a greater thirst and a greater yearning to reconnect. Well, in that case, his previous sin is actually the springboard for a more intense relationship with Hashem today. So it's his sin in the past which makes him more connected in the present, uh, makes him more sensitive, more vigilant, that he cherishes and, 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 and he is even more careful about his relationship than someone who hadn't sinned in the first place. So if that's the case, then his past sin actually, when all said and done, became a spiritual asset. It became like a merit. Not just it's not a sin anymore, it became the opposite. It became a merit. So that's the background I wanted to tell you. I told you I wanted to tell you a story. I didn't tell you the story yet. The story is actually a simple story, but a, but a lovely story. And it's about that great defender of the Jewish people, Rabbi Levi Yitzchok of Berdichev. Rabbi Levi Yitzchok Berdichever was known to uh, argue with Hashem. Whenever the Jewish people needed a defense, he was always there to find the silver lining in every Jew. And here's a story, not where he was necessarily arguing with Hashem or making a, 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 an, an argument or a case to defend the Jews, but just in his interpersonal relationship or his interactions with a Jew, you can see the same attitude coming out. The story is like this. In Berdichev, there was a sinner. What do I mean a sinner? It's a terrible thing to call somebody a sinner. But, I mean, we all slip up from time to time. You don't want to be branded a sinner. But this guy was, no, he was a sinner. He was, he was unrepentant. He was open about it. He was proud of it. He, he liked that people knew he had thrown off the yoke. And um, one day, Rebbe Yitzchak saw this particular sinner, and he says to him, he says, you know, I envy you. And uh, the guy knew that Rebbe Yitzchak didn't joke around. I mean, he wasn't being sarcastic. He wasn't being ironic. He knew if Rebbe Yitzchak was saying, I envy you, he meant it sincerely. So the guy was actually caught off guard. He was taken aback. He said, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I didn't know that you're into this kind of stuff. You know, I didn't know that this is what floats your boat. I mean, it's kind of surprising. Why do you envy? Why do you envy me? And the believe Yitzchok said, "Well, um, I envy you because 
you know, uh, for the penitent, it says that Zdainus Nasale Kazachias, that his sins become merits. So I'm looking at you and I'm thinking about all your merits and how much reward awaits you in Elam Haba in the world to come. So the sinner smiles and he says, Rebbe, if that's the case, come check in on me in a few more days and you're going to see I'm going to have a lot more merits. And, and he laughed. I mean, it's, it's, a, clever, it's, a, it's a clever joke, right? But Rebbe Levi didn't laugh. He was very serious. Not serious in like a stern way or a disapproving way, but in a, like a tamimistika way, in an earnest way. Like, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> like, he was still sticking to, I believe Yitzchuk was still sticking to this attitude of, I'm really envious of all your merits. And when he made the joke, checking in, my, uh, checking in on me in a few more days, you're going to see I have even more merits. I believe Yitzchuk was like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, you're going to have more merits. So this shook the guy up. And he realized that Rebbe Yitzchok wasn't rebuking him. He wasn't trying to guilt him. He was genuinely looking at him in the most positive light and seeing in him his potential to turn around all that darkness in his life and turn it into uh, an asset. And when he thought about it, he took it to heart. And this once famous sinner of Berdichev became one of the most pious men in Berdichev and was known to have a fine, upstanding Jewish family for generations. So, let's, let's look back here at our original questions related to this, uh, this phrase, Hamarta, Hamircha. What's it talking about? First of all, why does Rashi first say, I don't know what it means, there's no other word for it in scripture, but I'm going to guess it means separation. And then later on he says it means pride. You know why? Because there are two phases here. There are two phases. It's a process. Rashi has to go through this process. The first thing is to say that it means separation. What separation means, Hashem has taken you, you, the Jewish person, and has separated him from everything else and drawn him to himself. Hashem has taken you and drawn him to himself. Meaning to say, you have no other connection with anything else. Whatever you've done, that's not really you. That's not you. Hashem has designated you, has, has, has taken you away from all that and says, you are mine, you belong to me, not to all that stuff. And any relationship you have with sinfulness, that's a betrayal of your true self, it's not your true self. Your relationship with me defines your true self. Your true identity is your relationship with me. So that's phase number one. That we have to understand that what does it mean Hashem has separated us, has chosen us for a special relationship? It means separated us not just 
to himself, but from everything else. So all of the stuff that's not in alignment with the relationship with Hashem, that never truly becomes part of us. We never have a real relationship with that stuff. It falls away. It just disappears like smoke. It vanishes. So that's phase one of the process. Once you realize that, once you realize that due to your intrinsic underlying connection with Hashem, you're never really caught up in sinfulness. That that stuff never really became integrated into who you are. And can't. It cannot become integrated into who you are because it's incompatible with who you are. Once you realize that, that that's not the real you, never was, never will be, you know what happens? Then you do teshuva. You return. Teshuva means return. Return to what? To your true self. And all that negativity, what happens to it? It all of a sudden not only disappears, but something even more than that, it comes back to you as a great spiritual boost, as an asset. That that wanton sins become merits. And at that point, Yisamru kol pe'eleyavin. The sinners will take pride in themselves. That answers our second question. Why does Rashi say that this special relationship, the only word we have for it in all of Scripture, is a word about sinners being proud of themselves? Because this, this is the secret. The secret is when you realize that anything in your past that you're ashamed of, anything in your past you realize was a betrayal of your true self, you do not have to deny it. You don't have to shut the door on it. You don't have to pretend it didn't exist. You have to realize it's not you. It never was you. But it exists for a reason. It exists to bring you closer to Hashem today. And therefore, you can be proud. Be proud of your story. Be proud of what you went through in order to get where you are. Be proud of the fact that you didn't take the conventional path. Not that we would ever do that as plan A on purpose. But looking back, that that's what happened and that was the providence and that was our story be proud of what you went through the twists and turns of your journey in order to make it here back to hashem back to your true self